Well, good morning and welcome to Mission Vale Christian Church. We just want to say Happy Mother's Day. We thank God for all of you so much and just uh, hope that today is just a day of feeling honored and encouraged and know that you are dearly loved. Uh, we're going to get into the worship and the message. And at the end of the message today, if it's been helpful for you in any way, I just really want to encourage you to share that online with someone. He's we are heaven bound.
Spoken word, you sing over me. Cause you have been so, so kind to me. When I felt no
Well, good morning and welcome to MVCC. We are so excited and grateful that you've chosen to spend part of your weekend here with us. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we moved our services to online, which has just been an awesome experience for you to be able to connect and, and interact with some of your MVCC family, even from the comfort of your own home. Um, if you are here with us for the first time, we want to connect with you. So be sure to text the word CONNECT to the number on your screen. Uh, throughout this whole time, you guys have been doing some amazing things serving the Lord. Well, this week, one of our men's life groups decided to jump into action and serve by donating over 100 masks to the Orange County Sheriff's Department, who is in need of some medical masks. If you're looking for more information about how you can jump on board, check out the Serve button on our website. If you've attended MVCC for any amount of time, you know that we are a church who gives. Um, if you're looking to give financially, we want to make that as easy as possible for you. Uh, you can give through our MVCC app, uh, through our website, or through the link right below this video. Over the past few weeks, Pastor Mike has been walking us through a series on 1 Peter called Beyond the 52. Let's see what he has in store for us today. Welcome to MBCC. I'm so glad that we could be together around the Word and uh, thankful for the worship that just brings us into a place that we can really hear God and respond to Him. And my hope is that out of what we study today and what we walk through, that it will just be a launching pad into want, wanting more of God, wanting more of His Word, wanting to really get into the Word and really being in obedience and following Jesus. And secondly, maybe if uh, you're just kind of discovering God and this is kind of new for you and you're uh, here as a guest with us. Really, really glad you're here. And there's, there's one thing that my hope and my prayer out of this text, out of this message would be that God absolutely loves you. He wants relationship with you and he wants you to step into that relationship. And uh, at the end of this message, we'll give you an opportunity to do that. Well, we're in um, 1 Peter chapter 5 today. We're just going to go through verses 1 through 7. And uh, in studying this chapter, particularly this fifth chapter, it's really written in a context by Jesus' friend, who was Peter. He was one of the 12 followers of Christ while Jesus was on earth. And they were going through the believers in that day when he wrote this, this letter, which was around 64 AD. They were going through difficult times, really difficult times, times of suffering. They were fearful for their own life. Uh, there were people that were wanting to take their own life. There was false accusations being made against the church, against the people of God. And it was written to a sector of people in Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. So it was a spread out number of regions that they were all walking through the same thing, but they all needed to hear the same message. So this, this letter, when, when Peter wrote this letter to the people of God, the church, which we know the people is, are, are really the church, um, God gave shepherds, he gave leaders to care for the people, to care for the people of God. And so um, let's read this. And I hope that that question is answered about good leadership and followership. Chapter 5, verses 1 to 7. He writes this, To the elders, which is another word for just used uh, for shepherd or leader or pastor. But to the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow pastor, a fellow elder, a fellow shepherd, and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Verse 2, he says, Be shepherds of God's flock that are under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory 
that will never fade away. And in the same way, he says in verse 5, you who are younger, submit yourselves to the elders, to the shepherds, to the pastors. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxieties, all your worries, all your fears on him. Why? Because he cares for you. I, I love this passage because it, it brings forth God's love and care for the flock, for the people of God. Now, he makes a reference here, um, sheep and, and shepherds. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, the Bible really declares that we have all, like sheep, have gone astray. Um, you know, I got to be honest with you. I wish God didn't call us sheep. I, I wish that God said to you lions, um, to you that are like gazelles, to you that are like eagles, sheep, man, I don't want to be a sheep. Sheep are like silly and dumb and they have no instinct. They make poor direction. They, they get lost all the time. They, they simply see one sheep running off the cliff and they'll just all follow. And I think the reason God made that analogy that we are like sheep is because we are very much like sheep. We can get lost. We can't defend ourselves. We always don't make right choices. And that's why we need shepherds. That's why we need people who are alongside of us. Just as Jesus is our chief shepherd, he is the shepherd over our souls. He's given us earthly shepherds, those that are around us to help us, to care for us. I want to show you a, just a quick video clip right here. Something that I found a long time ago is really helpful. Visuals are really helpful for me. And it really showed how the power of the shepherd's voice with the sheep around him. So watch this clip. You're going to see some folks come up to a, a flock of sheep and they're going to try to call those sheep forward. And I just want you to see how this unfolds and then we'll come back in just a moment. <laughs> One more time. Okay, I hope that the message was loud and clear as I've watched that, that video over and over and over again, that the sheep follow the shepherd's voice. They follow the shepherd's call. So here's a question I have. Why? Why after 
person after person after person would try to call the sheep over and they just wouldn't even give their, their attention. But the one that was recognizable, why was his voice able to be recognized? I think that very issue is where Peter is going here and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today is that Jesus is our good shepherd. You know, I, I love that David, King David, back in the day when he was a young shepherd boy out in the middle of nowhere, it says in the 23rd Psalm, which all these beautiful poetic psalms that came through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. David was out in the middle of nowhere and he had all this time with God. And I, it makes sense to me now why he wrote down in the 23rd Psalm that's so familiar where he says, um, my shepherd, my shepherd. He knew that God was his personal God, his personal shepherd. We need shepherds. We need people to care over us and teach us and feed us and most of all protect us. So this is really a principle for all of life as Peter is instructing the church to be careful about following the ones that are following the shepherd. The first thing I see out of this text that we're drawing out of this is sheep follow a leader who knows their name. Sheep will follow a leader who knows their name. I think knowing Jesus helps us to know that not only does he know our name, but he knows everything about us. He cares about us. He knows every hair on our head. He takes a genuine interest in you right now. You might be in a place of feeling lost or feeling distant from God and all the social distancing. We may feel like we've even kind of social distanced ourselves away from God. But God says he doesn't want it that way. He wants a close, intimate walk with us. So here's a question that I have that it, it might even trickle down into just everyday life. Husbands, do we really know our wives? Wives, do we really know our husbands? Maybe you're dating somebody right now in that relationship. Do you really know that person? Fathers and mothers, do we really know our children? Grandparents, even in the workplace, do we know our employees? Do we know those who are caring over us in, in church life, in church structure? Do, do we know our people? Do we know the people that are in our life groups? Not just know about them. Do we really know their heart? I had someone years ago when I first got married, he said, Mike, you make sure that you become a student of your wife. It's, it's a lifelong journey of knowing her, getting to know her interests, her passions, her dreams. What are her hopes? What are her fears? And I found the only way to get to really know my wife is I have to walk with my wife. And I think that's what makes a distinctive shepherd around the sheep is that the sheep follow a leader who walks with them. A sheep will follow a leader who walks with them. The shepherds with the sheep. Makes me think of Jesus. You know, when Jesus was on earth because he is truly our chief shepherd, when Jesus was on earth, he didn't sit in the synagogue. He didn't go to the prayer tower and say, everybody come to me. He was down in the streets with hurting people that were in pain and suffering and couldn't figure out life. And Jesus came alongside people and touched them and hugged them and loved them. He cared for the children. He cared for those that were distant and disenfranchised by society. In fact, he put his loving arms around, him, around people just like he does for us today. And I am convinced in any capacity of life that we are influencers. You may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm not a paid pastor, I'm not a minister, or I'm not, you know, a CEO, or I'm not a manager. Hey, in any capacity of life, we're leading somebody else by the way that we live. And here's, here's what I found 
And here's what I'm learning out of this text. I can't lead unless I learn to follow. I, I can't lead someone unless I'm learning to follow that person. So question is, how do I get into this relationship that Peter's talking about? Younger people follow the shepherds. He's really saying it's, 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 we learn from each other. It's, it's really that we're discipling one another as we hang around together. And I can't get into that relationship of following unless I know Christ. If we know Jesus personally, if we desire to step into that relationship with Jesus, he said, if any man knocks on the door, I will open the door. I will ask him to come in and I will be with him. You know, I was watching the news the other day and I found as I was watching through the segments that uh, Franklin Grant came on, that son of that great evangelist, Billy Graham, and his message was so simple and so short that God loves you. Jesus died on a cross and he rose again. And if you accept him into your life and ask him to forgive you of all your sin, he'll save you. He'll set your life on a whole new course. And that's the simple message of just stepping into relationship with Jesus opens so many different doors in life. He teaches us how to be a good father, how to be a husband, how to be a wife, how to be a mom, how to be a good employee, how to be a good employer, how to be a good friend to somebody. In all these areas of life, he's teaching us influencing others by our example, which leads us really to number three, that the sheep follow, I'm convinced, sheep follow a leader who protects them. In that video clip that we saw, I'm convinced that every single one of those sheep, you, I, hope, I hope you saw that they immediately perked up and they, they ran over to the shepherd because they know that the shepherd would never harm them. They know that the shepherd would protect them. I read a story a long time ago about a tribal indigenous people that when a child, a young boy would pass from childhood to adulthood, they had these different exercises in their culture. And one of those exercises that they would send that young boy into the jungle with two things, one bow and one arrow. And he would be all by himself in the middle of a jungle in the middle of the night. And he would be left by himself to defend those that may be wild beasts that were maybe coming in opposition to hurt or harm him. And that would be one of the passages of adulthood is would he, would be able, would he be able to survive that night by himself? Well, as he woke up in the middle of the, the night a few times and ultimately woke up in the morning and made it through that passageway, he had no idea that just yards behind him, his father was watching over him in protection of anyone or anything that would come to harm his son. He was armed with bows and arrows to make sure that his son was protected. That picture right there is the good shepherd, that he protects us, that, that he's always watching over us, even though it may feel like we don't know he's behind us, but he's always not only around us, but in Colossians it says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You know, in this time of this pandemic, there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uh, worry and fear about what's going to happen physically, but what's going to happen with the economy. And I'm just so glad to know that we have a God that is with us, that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And in this text, he tells us, Peter tells us, clothe yourselves with something very, very special that the world has no idea of. The world runs on pride and ego and lifting myself up. But God's kingdom runs on something much different. There's a secret ingredient. You know, I'm, I'm told years ago, before we had 
uh, pain reliever on the shelf of CVS or any drugstore that we walk into. When we have a headache or we have some kind of body ache, there's pain reliever that we can just pop that pill and the pain is relieved. Well, they found out that back in the day, in this certain tribe, these people that had headaches and, 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 and body aches, they, would fa they found that, that if they gnawed and chewed on this bark, that there was something inside of that bark that brought pain relief. Well, scientists came years later and found that the secret ingredient inside of that bark was called acetosalicylic. Acetosalicylic is the secret ingredient that now we can find it on the shelf in a cherry form and tablet form to bring pain relief. I would say in the same way that there's a secret ingredient in God's kingdom. Those that are believers and followers of Christ and we are called to lead others and we are also called to follow. The secret ingredient is humility. That's what he says right here. God opposes the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. Therefore, clothe yourselves, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. And we know that God's mighty hand would not be out to harm us, but to protect us and care for us. So, you know, one thing I want for our church, if whatever church you may be a part of, whatever community, faith community you're a part of, but those who are part of MVCC, you know what I want so much is for the mark of every follower of Christ is that those people have an attitude of humility. And he's, he's given us an action point. I want you to clothe yourself with an attitude of being humble. You know, when I think of clothing yourself, when we were little, remember, we, we stepped into those onesies, right? And he's really saying, I want you to step into an attitude of humility that's completely covered by Christ. That word in the Greek really means to clothe yourself is to be all in. And in the same way we step into humility, we can now exemplify how awesome God is by his incredible humility for us. The fact that Jesus came down, down, down from heaven, that he laid himself down on a cross in all of humility to save us. Now, I, I want so much for us to step into this vibrant, alive, Holy Spirit-filled power by having an attitude of Christ. You know, it was um, 1912, and this is what they declared about the ship. They said God himself could not sink this ship. 2,000 people. It took them two years to build this most luxurious ship that nothing would be compared to the Titanic. Well, on, on April 14th of that year of 1912, there was a certain drill for the lifeboats. And they decided because there's no way that this ship could sink, they were so prideful. And they said even God himself couldn't sink this ship. They decided to, to, to dismiss the drill of the lifeboats. And you know how it goes at 11.40 p.m. that night, that ship struck an iceberg and went down and it sank all because of pride and ego. In fact, it reminds me, there's a, a verse in the Bible that says that God opposes the proud but gives favor to the humble that we just read. Pride goeth before a fall. I, I, I want us so much to choose to take the humble way, a humble attitude. So this leads us to what do we do out of all this? Well, humility, number one, how do we do this? Humility takes practice, practice, and more practice. I remember when I was playing tennis as a high school student and my coach would line up like five buckets of tennis balls and he would want me to serve all those balls without stop. 
And I remember I hated him for it because I like my arm was sore. And I, he says, you'll never get to the place you want to be unless you have this amazing first serve. You've got to have power and spin on that serve. So you got to practice, practice, practice. You got to hit buckets and buckets and buckets of balls. And I would say in the same way that humility takes practice, practice, and practice. I visualize all these opportunities in life, just like hundreds of tennis balls. And we have all these opportunities now. When I see a need, I want to meet that need. It's as simple as that. Taking the humble way out. See someone in the grocery store that needs some help. Standing in line at the bank, maybe in the neighborhood, maybe within our own family. Maybe it's, it's somewhere in a life group structure, a friendship or relationship. Someone has a need, we meet that need. You might be saying, I can't meet that need. You're right. But Jesus can meet that need through you. And so humility, the first step is I see a need, I meet a need. I think second is this, that in an action of living humility out, signing up for a life group. Right now to the website, you can sign up to get into a friendship group with somebody. That's just a small group at Missionville Christian Church that we decide we're going to walk with Christ together. We're going to walk in humility together. We're going to serve together. We're going to learn from each other. Being in that life group teaches us good fellowship. We're following the leader. We're following the good shepherd. And third, I found that, you know, learning humility is about lifting others up. You know, whenever I hear um, an athlete that's been interviewed by the news after a great game or a great play and they say, wow, how did you do this? And I love the ones that say, I had an amazing team behind me. I had, I had th- this person or that person and together we make a team. And I think it's the same way in following Christ. Being humble means that we lift others, that we give credit to others. We don't take the credit. I- I'll close with this that really kind of pulls all this together. It was March 30th, 1981, that President Reagan was shot. And as he was in a hospital healing uh, back to to full health, the nurse that was on duty that night came into his his, uh, hospital room and found the President of the United States on his hands and knees as he was wiping up water that had spilled from the sink. She immediately got down on her knees and said, Mr. President, you don't need to do this. We have people on staff to take care of this. And here's an account of she recounted as he was again explaining why he was doing what he was doing. And I quote from the president of the United States, President Reagan. He said, the day I took office to serve this country meant that it was every part of me. The day that I forget that, then I will not be fit to serve. I love that. That simple act of humility. That's what draws and attracts the Spirit of God. And that will be what attracts others to relationship with Christ. Hey, listen, I I hope that 1 Peter 5 has come alive. I hope it's been some good instruction for us to go out and do what God has called us to do. And and, and the best decision that we can ever make is to know God in our heart. And uh, as soon as this message is over, we'll give you some directive about deciding to follow Christ. You can do that right now. And if you've already decided to follow Christ, I want to encourage you, keep following Christ. Keep seeking out humility in ways that only Jesus can give us. I look forward to seeing you again next week. And we just hope and pray that that as soon as we possibly can, we'll be able to meet on this great campus again to worship our God. So just know that we love you. We'll be praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has been helpful for you at all, I just really want to encourage you to share that with someone online. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week.